The reason I did what I did and to lead by example was to teach you the final thing that I could ever teach you. Always stay one step ahead and make sure you always keep eyes in the back of your head. I'm Blackpool Combat Club till the day I die. Fellas, it's been emotional. And that's why in a week from now, I'm gonna be a four-time, 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 four-time beautiful Dynamite Diamond Ring Champion. And I will still be the holder of the grandest prize of them all, that Triple B, baby! The truth is, in comparison to me, you're the absolute drizzling shits! Or should I say, you're a Rudy Poo candy ass! Considering the fact that you've stolen literally everything else from that guy, because no offense, Richard, you ain't nothing more than a dollar store Dwayne. So you know what I'm gonna start calling you, bud? I'm gonna start calling you the pebble, okay? And here's what's gonna happen next week in the main event at Dynamite, little pebble. Well, Maxi Pad, I think it's pretty... I should have expected a fifth-rate Roddy Piper wannabe to come out here and try to steal the spotlight. Oh, you trashed the city. Oh, you trashed the people. Hey, how much more stick do you got? Because the low-hanging fruit is running dry, partner. Now, every single week you come out here, you smell like paint thinner and ass. You spray tan, you spray tan your eczema. If you took your shirt off, your back would look like you laid in an ant pile for seven hours. You've got some crappy shoes on. It's never ironed. The shirt is too small. The shitty scarf and the terrible ass haircut. And you think that you're better than moi? Give me a break. you screams cheap. The cheap suits, the cheap shoes, the cheap heat. Oh my God. And you are our new AEW champion, huh? The Maxwell, I'm better than you, that you can get whatever you want. Please give me a break. Next week is a big deal because I'm putting up and I'm shutting you up for once in your miserable, narcissistic, little punk-ass life. You don't deserve this, but I do. YouTube, guess what? Been there, did that, busted my ass to get here. Never needed a name to make it right here. And I don't need a name to beat your little ass. I am Ricky Starks. I'm gonna stand 10 toes down right now. Next week, I'm smacking the mole off your neck. I'm stomping an asshole right into you, and I'm taking that title. I'm going to take the responsibility off your plate, little boy. Yo!
Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Ahoy, my boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flare! <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We're back and ready to roll as we are each and every Wednesday. And we appreciate you listening to us. And when you subscribe, like, and share, it's always appreciative on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Pandora, Amazon Music, Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. I am the Professor Mark Fantasia, welcoming you back to another show. Back's hurting a little bit this week, guys. A little bit, and I think we're about to find out why my back is hurting. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who apparently is not ready to bring anything to the show this week. I'm kidding. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, ODM. Well, I have something to bring to the table. <laughs> the one segment that lasts 35 seconds. <laughs> the one segment that you can literally just bullshit your way through. Look at work, life always will get in the way, but one thing that'll never happen. We're not doing this show without each other. We've tried it before. Uh, we had that one where you were missing on the side of a milk carton. It's mm. not as fun. No one likes to... I, I boo myself. It's not fun. So you're here this week, and you know what? We're going to be talking a lot of things that happened this past weekend. You got NXT Deadline. You got ROH Final Battle. We also have some news with WWE, AEW. We are reliving the Monday Night Wars 25 years later. And this week's movie of the week is an Oscar nomination movie that involves Hulk Hogan. Okay. It was not nominated for an Oscar. It was never nominated. <laughs> it should have been. Yo, if you look at the cast, okay, I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying it should be worth an Oscar, but I'm saying it's... All right. All right, hey, man, let, let's get into things here. Um, I'm doing everything I can. You know... I know that ODM is just waiting for me to burst a goddamn bubble any second now because... Uh, look at this past Saturday. Not only did I have a birthday, but I had two wrestling shows on my birthday. That's exciting. It is now, indeed. Yeah, it, it sounds like be. a happy birthday. It should be, it should be, but I mean, you know, somebody's always got to ruin it. We'll find out, but let's get into the news first. All right. Before we get into the uh, results, let's talk news. I'm sure, ODM, you have seen it, we've seen it, we've all seen it. 
Sasha Banks is reportedly going to be at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Interesting. I'm like, could you have picked anybody else that's maybe, I don't know, someone people care about? It's it's the AEW effect. It's the whole, hey, remember this person who went away and you didn't miss him? Well, now we expect you to miss him. That's a really, really great transition. I'm going to fly into something that happened this past Friday in Rampage. I'm going to skip that far ahead. Trent Seven yeah. shows up on AEW Rampage to challenge Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship and loses in his debut match. I think you summed up AEW in one sentence. There we go. Uh, speaking of AEW, while those matches or those pay-per-views were happening this past Saturday, MJF was like, well, I don't work for Ring of Honor, so I'll go to the UFC pay-per-view. And he was there with the BBB, and he flipped off the, the camera, which is just phenomenal. It's just very MJF. It was awesome. Good to see him at uh, UFC. Getting his name out there. You know, I mean, you always saw certain guys out there. It's just good to see his name marketing to other promotions in the world. Yeah, and he's kind of, they've already kind of teased a, a feud with him and I forget his name, the white scrawny dude. Uh, you're going to have to be a little more specific. Oh, yeah. That's the like really AEW the real No, 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 no. <laughs> UFC fighter. Oh. Patty oh, something, uh, it's, it's some fucking really scrawny white dude. You know who I'm talking didn't about? Didn't see it, don't want to, don't care. Okay. Uh, well, look, so, I, I do got to throw one thing out here right now. This is the first recording that I have done since the big move. Out of the RV into where I'm renting for the next several months. This room is a hollow motherfucker, and I can hear my echo right now. So I'm just saying, if you guys hear a little bit of it too much this week, it'll be better next week. All right, you were saying ODM. Uh, it's Petty Pimblet. That that's who it is. Uh, that's how much it matters. Uh, but exactly, I know, right? Um, this is good though because, not to say that it's the same thing, but I mean, you know, don't forget, Undertaker showed up. Uh, you know, Undertaker went to a lot of UFC events. But he had a quick little uh, stare down with Brock after one of them. So is this our next? But is this our next Roman Reigns Logan Paul? Is that what we're trying to do? I have no fucking clue. I'm just. Reporting I don't want news. another big crossover event. That's for sure. <sighs> Let's be so, honest. Yeah. Tony Khan, this little bastard. He after the Ring of Honor pay per view had his media scrum. It was at 7.30 at night because the pay-per-view started at goddamn 4 <laughs> Eastern, okay? They couldn't even say this Saturday night. They kept having to say on Dynamite this Saturday afternoon. I'm like, he, God, that just sounds bad. He had a line on some Adderall at 11 o'clock, so he had to move the pay-per-view up. <laughs> I just, just thought about the contact. Anyway, so he is confirmed during the media scrum. Ring of Honor television is back, baby. But not Ring of Honor television. Not yet. Ring of Honor uh, network show. We'll just say a show, and it's going to be on their Honor Club network, which is only going to give you. It's kind of like your WWE network, but apparently it's only giving you from like 2011 till recently. No Joe, no Danielson, no Punk. 
Uh, none of the really, really, really good shit from like 2002 to 2010. Some of my favorite shit, including Kevin Steen, all those guys. So, yeah, I don't. I'm not even looking into the price. I also don't care that much about Ring of Honor to watch it. This pay per view this past weekend was kind of a throwaway, um, in, in many ways. But we'll we'll of course get there because it was. It should have been main evented by a couple of tag teams, and it wasn't. You like that transition? Hey, man, did you happen to see the PWI Top 10 Tag Teams of 2022? I did. So I did. I only have the top eight here, but what's uh, kind of important is that the top two teams could be very debatable in many, many senses. Mm-hmm. You have the Usos who came in at number one and FTR at number two. It's funny, FTR was like, did Paul Heyman make this list? (laughs) Like, throwing a little uh, shade at them. God, I gotta say, I am a giant FTR fan, but I'm also even equally as much an Usos fan. I'm split. Yes, FTR had some great matches. They had some memorable moments throughout the entire year. But the Usos were on TV consistently, regularly, even if a singles versus a one match or a two-on-two, an eight-man tag, it doesn't matter. The Usos are on 52 weeks out of the year. FTR, I've probably only seen, let's just say, and I'm being very, very gracious, 30 weeks out of the 52 weeks out of the year. That's, that's very gracious. Yeah. So... People are like, well, they're the better tag team. They collected all those championships. They did. They had a very stellar year, FTR. But the Usos went the entire year without losing the championships. They've been on TV. The Bloodline, the most storyline, most pushed storyline thing that's out there. I'm okay with it. That's the thing. They were in an angle that lasted a year, more than that. And it's been compelling TV. FTR, it made me want to watch again. <laughs> exactly. And FTR, it's like they're the best in-ring tag team in the world. And we got to see them wrestle in different promotions and win different titles. But in the end, it's all meaningless because it was just, hey, we get to see them. I couldn't agree more, honestly. Um, number three was the Briscoes. Four was the Lucha Brothers. Five was, and I'll likely mess this name up, but the uh, Fudaka Double Crazy. It's a tag team from Stardom. Actually, two ladies. Number six was RK Bro. Seven was the Good Brothers, and eight was the Young Bucks. I don't know about number eight. Uh, Speaking of the Good Brothers, I did just read today that even though Carl Anderson later in the next couple of days is going to be defending his title against Hikaleo for the Never Openweight Championship, he's slated to still be at Wrestle Kingdom Mm -hmm. in some major capacity. Dude, if you're bringing him over there, and there's the talk of Sasha Banks... Tell me you wouldn't blow your load in your pants if both AJ Styles and Finn Balor showed back up in New Japan for one night only. If that'll show you every bit of a forbidden door that you need to see, but quietly. You don't need to promote it like TK does, man. 
Yeah, I it would be it would be fucking amazing, and there's certainly precedent. I don't think it would be in the same vein as Sasha Banks. I think Sasha's done with WWF or WWE. That's what the reports are. <laughs> Someone's but, been watching the wars too much. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but but yeah, it would be great. It would be great. You know, Triple H has always said he's open for business. Let's see if it's true or not. Man, it's funny because I read an interview the other day. It's like Jay White to prepare for his match with Okada he's gardening he's like doing like housework he's like that's what I feel about Okada I'm like that's kind of a funny fucking statement that's just I've never heard anybody say that like I'm getting the best shape of my life I'm gardening around the house to be honest with you clean dishes I haven't done that in a minute <laughs> um hey look at last week we did the top video games of all time and did you happen to see a couple of days later, I know you did because I had to send you a screenshot. It was like three days later, Adam Wilborn and What Cult, What Culture Wrestling did their video game list and experience and what they felt about things. Marks! <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Soraya. Soraya, whatever we're going to call her. She said that her biggest thing that she wanted to do with the pay-per-view was psych everybody out. And I talked to you about this. The part where, oh, oh my God, it hurt my neck. Oh, gotcha. It didn't hurt my neck. <laughs> She's like, I just wanted to do it to everybody. I'm like, why? You Like, it was just, I don't know. It was unneeded. It, it was, everybody knew what you were trying to do. Right. Pretty transparent. Yeah. Just meh to me. Yeah. You know, someone that you and I were pretty high on was Marty Skrull. Mm-hmm. We both were. I mean, huge, huge fans. I was a very big fan of his um, Ring of Honor, G- New Japan. Loved his match against Okada. We knew he wasn't going to beat Okada, but goddamn, that match at All In, it was the match of his career. Yeah. And yes, he had an incident with a drunken teenage girl that he... No, no, hang on. That just he, well, sounds terrible. Thank you. Hang on. Uh, allegedly. 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 There you go. Had an issue with a drunken teenage girl. Didn't know the age. Whatever. Um, Flip Gordon went on record saying he does believe that Marty Scroll does or should get a second chance. I'll be honest with you. The amount of shit that's out there. I mean, Jimmy Snooker was on TV after murdering his goddamn wife. Uh Vince Neal is still on tour, and Christ, he fucking killed a guy. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that people have done in life. There's a good chance that Marty could get back into it. I'd like to see him. I like the villain. I yeah. loved him. And I don't know. He was just a very different character. It's funny, though, because the size of who he was, when he stepped up against Okada at All In, you're like, he's like four feet uh, four feet shorter than Okada. Oh, my God. No wonder he's in the junior division. <laughs> Pretty much. I think they did a gag with him on being the elite where he had to bulk up because <laughs> he was going to face Oka- Okada. I didn't watch it, but I did see the elite's more recent video. The name of it is In-N-Out or what? Whataburger. Which begs me the question: Have you had both of these? Have you ever uh, had In and Out and what Whataburger? I had In and Out probably fucking shit fifteen years ago. Okay. I've never it's had a California a thing or a yep. West Coast thing. Yep, that's where I was. Yep, 
And then uh, never had Whataburger. I got to be honest, man. Whataburger is a giant. Like, you ever get like a double Whopper from uh, Burger King? No, nah, I didn't go to Burger King. of a meal? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> you like to have it your way, don't you? Where the clown gives it to you. All right, you anyway. rule. <laughs> Either way, Whataburger is a much bigger meal. Okay. I think that in and out meh. But either way, that was the name of their most BTE show, and it just kind of begged the question if you had had oh, both. Assholes That's the best both. thing I like to do about going place to place is just eating all that bar food like Tiger said <laughs> I do. Mmm, bar food. <laughs> uh, look at, I like Tiger, and I don't want him to have a bad Christmas. But Bailey is keeping her... I don't know why <laughs> kayfabe feud going with Michael Cole, where she has gone on interview on a record saying she would really hope that Michael Cole has a very terrible Christmas. She even asked Santa for it. I don't know why, but it's it's one of those things. I'm like, keep doing it. Just keep doing it for no reason whatsoever. You know, Michael Cole was shitting on Daniel Bryan for the first couple of years in his career until he finally won the big one, right? He's like, hey, he's not that big a guy. I don't see the big thing on him. And it was when they were trying to make Michael Cole heal. Right. But they're doing the reverse thing where a heel is just antagonizing the balls out of Michael Cole, but it's funnier because it's a woman and it's like, it's a Karen woman who keeps yelling in his face and he's got to just sit there and take it. If that isn't 2022, I don't know what is. <laughs> All right. Last piece of news. I'm a very big fan of Jamie Noble. I liked him when he, he is the guy that technically dethrones CM Punk in the summer of punk in ring of honor. Uh, he's had a couple of stints in WWE with the Cruiserweight division, but of course his most notable recent run would have been with the uh, J&J Security with Seth Rollins, which was mm -hmm. him and Joey Mercury. Well, Jamie Noble has been kind of not wrestling for the last seven years, and I mentioned that a couple of weeks back when we talked about Sheamus. Sheamus is the one that retired, quote-unquote, Jamie Noble's career but he never actually had an actual final match. They just, Vince was like, that's it. He's retired, pal. He, <laughs> Sheamus beat him. But this past Sunday at a live event, which I think is cool because it's a great way to push and sell tickets. They had Jamie Noble's retirement match in Charleston, West Virginia, and he teamed with Butch Ridge Holland and Braun Strowman to take on the Bloodlines Usos, Sammy Uso, and Solo Sokoa Uso. And Jamie Noble got his Tiger Bomb pin on Sammy Zayn. You go out on your back unless you're goddamn Jamie Noble. Yeah, at a house I show. wish I was in that place to hear the crowd go nuts for him to get that final pin. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Is there any video of it? That is my issue as to where I was going next. Oh, okay. Why didn't you put this on a live event on, on your uh, premium Peacock thing or whatever? Just good opportunity. Put to a see fucking YouTube just, match. Yeah, just real, man. It's just, I, I want to see it. I want to see it in its full just to see the pin, all of it. Um, Sami Zayn actually put out a very emotional tweet afterwards saying that he felt very humbled and honored to be 
the person that Jamie Noble pinned after all these years, which is kind of a big thing. Now, this is where I like to ask you, hey, did you watch Dynamite? Did you watch any of this? And so here we go. Uh, I'm sure you read, heard, maybe even seen some of the highlights. Ugh. For no reason whatsoever, Kurt Angle had a milk bath birthday celebration with the guy who's been missing from TV since, I don't know, WrestleMania? Gabe Stevenson? Yeah, Gable Stevenson. Chad oh, is it Gable? I don't I, even give a shit. That's no, how much I, just, I know I, about him. I just made that up. I don't fucking know. He... It was a forced, very, very, very forced segment. I mean, it's worse than me trying to shoehorn in quotes from movies, as I used to do. You know, kind of like today's movie. Two minutes Tiger Mom, she needs to practice more. That's a good one. Just, I wasn't a fan of, of Kurt Angle's comeback on SmackDown. It was just not needed. He did, however, do a tweet. Because the next day it was like Ray Mysterio's birthday. And he, you saw this, didn't you? That's why you're giggling. Ray, you're a boy in a man's world, and I'm a man that likes to play with boys. Er, I mean, uh, happy birthday. Man, way to bring back one of your oldest wrestling quotes. Good for you. Well, he went one for two this week. Um, Samoa Joe straight up murdered Darby Allen on Dynamite. I don't have a punchline. That's it. That's just it. Kind of beat the living shit out of him. Kind of like the Bills did to Mike White. Hit the oh. music! The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now. Come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Call us Bam Bam Bigelow because we are the beast from the east. Nobody can touch us. Not on the field. Not at the quarterback. Not even on commentary. No one can touch us. Except, well, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll give you that, little John. All right, go ahead. I was going to say, stop. He's already dead. I had mentioned I had mentioned that Joe versus Allen seemed like a good setup because Allen could take, you know, could sell. So, that's it what was, happened. Man, that 360 jump spin in the air by Allen. I'm like, he dead. Oh, he's up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait until next week. Because then I get to put something in the prediction column. I said that I think that Darby Allen is going to have his fourth diamond ring, whatever, third, fourth, whatever it is, in a row. He is going to be facing Ricky Starks for the world title at Winter's Coming. But Ricky Starks won your Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. In order to win the ring, you got to fight last year's guy. And there's no way that the dude's dropping his goddamn title. So MJF is now going to be a four-time Diamond Dynamite Battle Royal ring wearing dude and going to be the champion. 
that shows zero effort in what you were. That's like every year making John Cena the fucking Money in the Bank winner. Right. You could have just done. Oh, Starks won the diamond, the diamond ring. And MJF calls him out and says, uh, you, you go fuck yourself. I still have the ring. It's my ring. It's never going to be anybody else's ring. And that starts a feud. You could have done that. Something. You know? But, yeah. It's fucking... Cornette sells a new shirt. Lazy booking. It is. That's, that's, it's it, it's fuck, extremely it's, lazy booking. It's and, and drizzling shits. I mean, you want to talk about lazy booking. I mean, heading into Ring of Honor's final battle, we knew that the matches that we had, and we brought them up last week, and FTR didn't even have a match on the card by the time we recorded. To defend their titles. Thank you. Thank you. And three days before, the gun club have to make the call because the Briscoes aren't allowed on AEW television. So the Briscoes are challenged by the gun club to take on... FTR or challenging with them to take on FTR for the titles in a double dog collar match. That's how you try to sell your pay-per-view at four o'clock fucking Eastern on a Saturday afternoon. We'll get there in a minute. Look at, I think Ricky Starks and MJF had a great promo back and forth. It was exactly what it should be. MJF is still as a heel going to own the face, but the face did do a good job this time defending himself however i don't know how well i don't know what people are smoking i thought that honestly they banned a lot of certain drugs in the world but apparently not enough because people are like this is the next rock austin feud with the way that they're back and forth on the mic was i'm like no okay no it's not i'm gonna tell you right now it's not um, I already brought up to you that Trent Seven br- came to Rampage just to lose. I don't know, get it? I, I just don't fucking get it. He loses to Pockets. Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Cornette the reference on that one. Fucking Pockets. You lose to a guy who plays pocket pool the whole fucking time. Don't get it. Yeah. Now William Regal, we had the conversation about what's he gonna do. Is he gonna really stay behind the scenes at AEW? Is he gonna go to WWE? Uh, he, he gave basically an exit interview to Tony Schiavone, and Tony played it for the Blackpool Combat Club in the ring. He's like, guys, last week this happened. I've waited seven fucking days to show you this. Here you go. Again, horrible, horrible booking. There's so many other ways you could have exited William Regal. But apparently he is on the way to being a new vice president in the WWE. Well, Makes deserved. sense. But also on Rampage, knock, knock. Who's there? John Moxley. John Moxley who? John Moxley who is always bleeding because that's what he did this past Friday, of course. God damn it, dude. It's like as soon as he has a certain match against someone of a big name or a decent name, I'm like, yeah, he's going to bleed. And as soon as they said that he was going to be taking on uh, Takashita, or however you say his name. Yeah, of Close enough. Close enough. Uh, great match. He was busted open uh, like a giant crimson mask from a boot to the face. That is where we're at with a John Moxley blading ourselves situation. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but let's get into NXT 
Deadline. That was the show that was on second in the night. I have less to talk about in this than I do the final battle, so I'm going to talk about those first. I am a very big fan of the Iron Survivor matches. Mm. I think they were pretty decent. They have the... It was like Championship Scramble meets the King of the Mountain match from TNA Mm. because you had to go into the penalty box. Yep, I saw that. And I thought about it. I was like, well, what happens when two guys don't like each other in the penalty box? A lot of things happened. They they did a great job with it. Okay. Um, I I really wanted J.D. McDonough to win. I'm a huge fan of him, the former Jordan, Jordan Devlin. And he didn't. Uh, Grayson Waller, I believe, won or Weller, whatever his name is. I, that's how well I know some of these guys. But right. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now who I really didn't know and don't want to anymore. Axiom. He is the blue Sin Cara. Oh, great. And first it comes out with like this really cool video. Not video, but like uh, camera work that when you're seeing him and he moves from one side to the other, it matrix moves, right? Mm. And it's okay, I get that, right? Looks cool. He runs as fast as fucking Great Kali for a goddamn guy who is wearing a lucha mask. And I'm not shitting you. Every one of his moves were so slow. I was like, I can't deal with him anymore, man. Axiom is dog shit. <sighs> I'll probably be fighting scripts next. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing that came out of this first was, all right, Braun Breaker did retain his title against Apollo Crews, and then the guy who won, Grayson Waller, who won the uh, Iron Man challenge, jumped him afterwards to close out the show because that's the next big feud. I didn't like the Braun Breaker Apollo Crews buildup. Now, I haven't been watching NXT, but here's what they show me for a video package. Fishing. These two jackasses go fishing with each other and play circle jerk on a goddamn boat. Are you kidding me? Wait. Braun and Apollo were fishing together? Yeah. Because that's the fucked up thing, because I don't know if you remember this. When I was when Weezy put on wrestling the other day, he put on NXT, and the promo was Braun Breaker getting interviewed while he was fishing. Oh, Apollo was there next. He came the next time, and then they were fishing together. Apollo got his first fish. They fucking played with each other. Horrible, 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 horrible. But the one thing that was probably the most uh, surprising, first I thought it was crazy that the New Day showed up on NXT to challenge pretty deadly for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And then it was even another thing for them to actually win the titles. I don't I don't know where to go. So, I agree with you. I saw it and I'm like, what in the fucking fuck is this? Why? 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 Here's my thought. A new tag team is going to come in and New Day is going to put them over. Fair. Who is uh, pretty be? deadly moving up? Oh, uh, probably not. Triple H was probably like, why are you guys are our fucking tag champs? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just weird. But man, Xavier like nearly cried when or he looked like he was crying when he did win it. And I think it's because, man, that's where he got his start. 
right? I mean, not, I mean he was in TNA for a while, but his right. first WWE start was NXT. It's kind of a full circle moment. And for Kofi Kingston, he just became the most tag team championed person in WWE history, which includes WCW, but it's at 15. And it's wow. really funny. They're putting Booker T and Edge in those in that conversation. I'm like, but are you really counting those tag team championships? Because if that's the case, then Seth Rollins has one extra world championship to his reign. Big E should have an extra world championship to their reign, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're going to start going that road, it's like they have to make sure that everything had a record-breaking fucking moment. Pretty much. I remember we talked. You talked about it already. Uh, when they got moved from SmackDown to Raw, they had to exchange titles with the other champions, and that counted as a new reign. Please don't. I I I, I was in a good mood until you just brought that up. <laughs> it, but here's my thing: is that you have to always have a moment that is record breaking. Sure. Tony Khan this past weekend. This is the the most successful Ring of Honor pay-per-view in the last couple of years. Well, bro, they were running out of bingo halls for the last two years, and you picked it up resurrected. And it's like you have – it's anything you can get to make it sound like it's the best thing that's happened in so many years. It's sales, and it's fucking bullshit. It's already failed. But let's talk about that. Ring of Honor. In one year's time, yeah, you're right. We had Supercard of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, and now here we are, our final paper pay-per-view of the year, and it was Final Battle. Athena, former Ember Moon, wins the Women's Championship against Mercedes Martinez. Okay. Not bad. Just as I thought it was going to happen, Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey defeated Swirly, except this time... Uh, Swerve walked out on Keith Lee. It's a will they, won't they bang each other kind of thing. It's you know. <laughs> Wheeler Yuta won his peer championship back from Daniel Garcia in about 15 minutes. Claudio Casagnelli won the Ring of Honor championship back by spinning Jericho for literally almost 45 seconds straight in the Superman swing. And Jericho tapped out. No one has ever tapped out from that before. Right. And the crowd was, they were, it was the lifting. They're like, oh my God, he's still going. He's still going. Oh, 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 tap. Get the fuck out of here. It was a great moment. And Jericho even tweeted, I'd like any one of you to deal with that thing and not uh, be worried about causing yourself permanent brain damage. I'm like, eh, I mean, kind of true at the same point. Yeah. I was all for it. I liked it. It was it's, a different end. Yeah, it's, it's unique. You know? Different. Um, so he is our Ring of Honor world champion. It was like they, this night they were like, all right, well, everything we did this year, let's just go back to where we were. Wheeler, you're getting the pure championship back. Claudio, you're getting the tag team, or you're getting the world championship back. And the Briscoes, well, hey, let me tell you something, man. There are three things that are guaranteed in this life. Death taxes, and Nightwing spoiling a motherfucking match. (laughs) So, if I'm not mistaken, it was... My fucking birthday! It was on your... Was it the same night as the pay-per-view? Yeah! Yes, that's right. How do you text me at 7 o'clock at a pay-per-view that started at 4 that no one was goddamn watching? I think that's what threw me off because it was funny because I saw the results... And, you know, me being the sensible human being that I am, I was like, 
oh, I'm not going to tell Professor because he's probably going to watch it or he's going to want to watch you. it. And then I see a message and I saw, you know, I was just like, oh, I'll look at this later. And I look at it and I see the, the, the back and forth and I'm like, I don't, I'm like, oh, shit. Because at first, Nightwing thought I was kidding with him. He sends me a picture of the Briscoes holding the championship. And I said, go fuck yourself. And he wrote back, nope. And I was like, no, for real, take a dick, shove it up your ass, because you just fucking killed my birthday. It was the only reason I wanted to watch this goddamn match, man. Or the pay-per-view. pay-per-view, yeah, yeah. I went and watched a Christmas story. I watched a musical version of Ralphie begging for a fucking gun. Oh. Went to dinner with family. Went and did all this shit in the back of my mind. I'm like, double dog collar match, double dog collar match. And this dude, and it's funny because you said, you know what you should do from now on? Maybe you should mute the conversation. No, no, no. That is exactly what I'm doing. You are fucking on permanent mute, Nightwing. You could send away. You could send me spoilers. You could send me fucking news. I don't give a shit. You ruined it for me. That is two, two out of three fucking FTR versus Briscoe matches that you fucked me over on. That's not even bullshit. You did the Super Card of Honor in April. Are you fucking... Oh my God. Ah, let's go to bring it to the table. Just bring it, bitch. In a minute, you may want to go first so I can breathe a little more. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> wait, did you listen back to last week's sexist? All right, off by half a second, but the fact that we hit it so well timed after hitting racist so many times that was oh my god, like it's the thing that this podcast is made of. And you're like, oh, I may not be in this week, kiss my ass. We're here, bring it to the table. All right. Well, one of the things that I did do for the podcast this weekend was start development of a new segment uh, with somebody who's not going to spoil matches for us. Uh, So it's going to be a new segment. We're going to call it uh, Watching Wrestling with Wheezy. Um, He had some quotes that were great. It's going to be the bumper. I can't wait. Uh, I'm thinking about music. I might just do a little guitar lick or something. I don't know. I'll fuck around. We'll figure it out. It it was interesting. Uh, I don't want to give away what we watched. It it didn't help that it was like midnight and we were six beers in. Um, but I think it Bullshit. might actually That's make it That's what makes funny. that. <laughs> exactly. It's where the honesty comes out. Exactly. You know, watching Brett versus Owen. I love you, Joe. <laughs> okay if you i see i don't there's a couple things i could think of but i don't want to spoil it so oh look at I that i can't wait <laughs> so when can we expect this show or i'm sorry this segment to start dropping uh well it depends if we uh you know a little behind the curtain here if we want to do it weekly we want to do it every other week how many we can record in a short amount of time uh, cause I still, I've got to do editing. I got to create the bumper. So, uh, I say within a couple of weeks, we can at least, uh, do the, the premiere, the demo episode. Uh, in the meantime, we'll start recording some more and have some shit in the can. 2023 has some exciting stuff to it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I mean, that's a heck of a transition. So does one of our very first couple of shows, man. We're going to be talking the 
end of 2022 top of wrestling awards. And I know I brought this up already to you, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about you guys need to start thinking about everything that has happened this year. Yeah, day one, Brock Lesnar winning the the match and no one thought he would. Then loses the championship at Royal Rumble and then wins it back or wins a Rumble. Uh, him forklifting a, a ring. But you also have the rise of Sami Zayn, the fall of Vince McMahon, the rise and fall of Tony Khan all within a year, the all-out media scrum. There's CM been a Punk lot of great... coming back to wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a lot of stuff that we have to uncover within the year that was 2022. And we're going to unlock it all. And you know what? We're going to be better at unlocking it than Ty Conti was unlocking that little padlock in that match that happened at uh, oh Blood and Guts. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too soon? He should have just enzoed himself, greased himself up, and slid in between the bars. <laughs> greased up deaf guy. Hey, guys! <laughs> <laughs> but the, the awards, they're coming together. The matches like the matches of the year the wrestlers like everybody's still getting our votes even in the last couple of weeks here like Dax Harwood put up a hell of a fight against Brian Danielson a couple of weeks ago on uh Dynamite putting him right into that wrestler of the year yeah category we have a lot of great things that we're going to be talking about and one of the big things is actually even a tag team of the year are we happy with the Usos do you think it's FTR acclaim buck swerving our glory a lot of options, but I'm excited to be talking about that in just a couple of weeks. We are going to be talking the top of wrestling awards of 2022. So start thinking about what your favorites are. Get a message over to us. And now we are going to talk about the professor's wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in the classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you, we're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh! Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? From Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Nope, not that guy. The other one, Owen Hart why I say it that way. I loved it. WrestleMania 10. The guy's in the middle of the ring. The ring announcer. It's an opening match. And he goes, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And the crowd's like, yeah! And you hear the rocket music open. And people are like, get the fuck out of here, man! (laughs) It was just a great swerve. Uh, This week, I am talking about the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Look at, we all have, we've talked about his career many times here especially when we talk about the dark side of the ring episode we've talked about you know the own heart you know tragedy we've talked about the rise and fall of the heart foundation the last year and a half here when it comes to the 1997 monday night wars but today i wanted to break down one of my favorite wrestlers of all time why was he one of my favorite it was because i had trouble hating him as a heel and it was one of the first times I had trouble hating a heel maybe because I'm a little brother myself let's not get into the family shit this week please um (laughs) but (laughs) 
I get the Owen shit. I get it when it comes to you're the youngest of the entire family. And he had a lot to prove. And I'm not just saying because he's youngest of like 184 kids. It was because he was the brother, the younger brother of the most successful Hart uh, family member of all time, Bret Hart. So when he gets into WWF in his early career after being a part of uh, the Canadian Stampede Wrestling promotion, he gets in at uh, 86 to 88. Uh, or I'm sorry, about 88, uh, my, my apologies, 1988 to 89, he was what we all know as the Blue Blazer. He's actually known as the Blue Angel to begin with, and they're like, we don't like that as much. Yeah, as, as a kid, I loved the Blue Blazer, and it's fucking so unfortunate I. that that legacy got tarnished. Oh, well, and they tarnished it right at the very end, unfortunately, but yeah. how they did this, it was, he was your face jobber. Mm -hmm. If you put him up against Ted DiBiase, he's going to lose. But you put him up against your Barry Horowitz's, he's going to win. It was because you had to have heel and face jobbers. Yep. He did a great job. I liked his role. Um, and one of my most memorable matches of watching him, the first time I actually really remember him, was facing uh, Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania 5. And, you know, soon thereafter, that's when he went away and went back to Catch Wrestling Association or even over to Canadian Stampede Wrestling until it completely shut down uh, at the end of 1989. But 1991, Owen made his way back. And it was kind of the right time because Brett is just swinging into his singles career. Jim Neidhart needs someone to be a... a partner with because I don't think Jim's going to be able to carry a whole lot of matches on his own other than just being who he is and so they make the new foundation which is Owen Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart and it lasts for probably just about a year at best but Jim Neidhart soon thereafter gets injured and actually leaves the WWF and they're like well what other face choppers do we have here Ooh, future Hall of Famer Coco Beware you two together look like you'd have some high energy. Boom. Ooh. <laughs> pants to match. Oh, my God. The, the pants. Oh, dear God. If there was ever the, anything you had to make fun of Owen Hart on, it wouldn't have been Blue Blazer. I would have made fun of him for this this getup that they had to wear. The It was like a set of overalls with the uh, suspenders. Uh, yeah, oh, dear yeah, God. Horrible. Yeah. But the biggest part of Owen's career happened at Survivor Series 1993. It is the Hart family supposed to be taking on all of the uh, the Jerry Lawler and his knights. Well, Jerry didn't go to the show, so it ended up being Shawn Michaels and Jerry Lawler's knights. Weird. But no one cared because the biggest part of this match is the only Hart member to get eliminated was Owen Hart. And we all remember this part where he was thrown into the rope. Brett was thrown into the guardrail because he was on the outside there. Distracts Owen. He gets pinned by Shawn Michaels. Gets pissed off after the Hart family wins the match. Comes out, gets in Brett's face. And it was that whole sibling rivalry. And they were playing it off just right. And at the end of 93, Owen was starting to challenge Brett Hart. 
I want I want to fight my brother. And Brett does everything he can and says, I, we're brothers, we're not fighting. It's not what we're going to do. You know, The pre-Undertaker Kane. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And right. Bret Hart convinces Owen, we need to be the Hart brothers, the united team, and go after the Quebecers and take their tag team championship. And at Royal Rumble 1994, Bret's knee was a, a shattered mess, apparently. You know, kayfabe pal. And couldn't continue to the point where the Quebecers won, which would have been by, I don't know, submission, whatever you want to call it. I mean, just not continuing the match. And that's where Owen infamously kicks Brett's leg from his leg. (laughs) I didn't mess that up. I was waiting for it. Yeah, thus beginning the big Owen Hart-Brett Hart feud. I will not... Won't not, I will never, ever, ever fight my little brother. Well, then WrestleMania 10 comes along. And after Brett and Luger both go over the top rope at the same time, WrestleMania 10, it's that split match. Lex Luger will take on Yokozuna. The winner will take on Brett Hart. But also, Brett will have to now take on Owen in the opening match. I was a Brett Hart fan. Now, at this exact moment, I'm not a full-blown Owen heel fan. I think it really didn't kick in until probably SummerSlam 94 for their cage match. At this point, I'm still just all Brett. Shocked. Shocked as shit that Owen went over in the opening match of WrestleMania 10. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And not only does that happen, it it works for the better because Brett is going to win the championship at the end of the night. Owen's going to come out at the end of the night, and, and it's kind of that whole look. Look, at I beat you. Even though you beat him, maybe I could beat you. Thus giving the entire feud of the year for 1994 with Owen and Brett. Getting uh, Davey Boy Smith as well as Jim Neidhart involved into in some capacity. And they have an unbelievably amazing cage match at... SummerSlam 94. Like, I put it in my top three cage matches of all time. The match went over. And it's funny because it gave Undertaker versus Undertaker less time. And I'm like, well, they did a good job. Thank good God for, for something. Yeah. <laughs> Owen's biggest down, not uh, shitty thing that he did to his brother it was a couple of months later. He is fighting... Uh, or, or I'm sorry, Bret Hart is fighting Bob Backlund in an oh, yeah. I quit match or a submission match, a Survivor Series. And Owen puts on the biggest waterworks of all time to Martha because Bret has been in the chicken wing for about a good, no bullshit, seven minutes right now. I've never seen a submission last this long. And Owen is crying, please, my brother, mom, help him. You got to throw this towel in. Because Owen already took out Davey and now has Brett's towel. And Bob Backlund wins the fucking championship because Owen screwed Brett over. God damn, that was such, it was, I still wish Owen got the championship. If you were going to hand it off to any villain, any heel at that time, why did you give it to the 80-year-old Bob Backlund just to hand it over to Diesel a couple of days later in MSG? At a house show, yep. Didn't understand it. But that's okay, because Owen, he was now going to start tag teaming with guys like Yokozuna and British Bulldog. 
thus making the Camp Cornet, which if you've listened to our show in the last two years, you know what that's all about. Him just being a part of Jim Cornette's stable to take down Shawn Michaels because Shawn has been saying really bad things about Dirty Diana <laughs> and Davey. And now here we are. We already know where we're at. I don't need to reiterate anything that we've talked about from 1997. You know, Intercontinental Champion, breaking Steve Austin's neck. Here we are now. And now we're at the nugget phase of things, which we're going to get into very, very shortly. So I'm going to skip past that uh, just a touch. Not too long after being the Black Heart and coming back, he ends up facing... Triple H for the European Championship at WrestleMania 14. And Owen had a broken ankle heading into this match and still wore the cast, had the match, and they played into it with his ankle being the reason that Triple H gets in the tap. And not too long after, you see Owen tagging with Ken Shamrock. And they're going to take on Mark Henry and, Mar- and Rocky Maivia. That's right, The Rock. And we're going to be seeing this very shortly, kids. And he turns and joins the nation. I don't know. I still don't get it. As I said last week, whole damn band, the whole damn stable was black except Owen. <laughs> it worked. It was, a, it was about more of the pissed off against the man who keeps screwing you over, if you will. And then he ends up teaming with Jeff Jarrett. Not too long after, they become tag team champions with each other. Um, and they kind of have that best friend feud going there where, at that time, Vince Russo was just starting to trickle in. What if you were into Deborah? And Owen was against it, thankfully. And they said, well, ha, joke's on you, pal. We're going to put you back in the blue blazer gimmick. And I don't think I need to go too much farther into what happened because we've talked about this at nauseum when it comes to the yeah, what, where, why, who as to why he is not here anymore. It it still sucks. I mean, the, the guy died at 34. I'm 39 right now. I'm 39 years old. To think that this guy died five years earlier of what I would be right now and be like, and, and he it, was he in the prime of his career? We don't know. I mean, again, I've said this to you before. If he didn't die, if Brett didn't leave, as I brought up a couple weeks back, right? He doesn't die. You have Owen versus Benoit, Owen versus Guerrero. I mean, just those two alone Angle. and Jericho. Angle. Oh, my God. I'm done. You could have put him on SmackDown with all those guys. And he could have been your uh, your veteran that is putting people over left and right. Your Dolph Ziggler at the time. Owen was that guy. And it sucks. Pisses me off because he had a, had a really decent career, and I don't think he scratched the surface. The positive side, and as everybody's always said, probably one of the greatest ribbers in the sport of all time. You know, just messing with people, and oh my god, what was the one? I think he, he called as Stu to someone. I can't remember who it was. He, he called as Stu to Vince McMahon. Like, he, dude had balls and just had fun with everybody. You know, it's just, I, I think that it's, uh, there's guys who are in there because they want to be the greatest wrestler in the world. There's guys who are there because they want to just get a payday and go home. 
It was Owen, I feel like, who made the best of all of it. He was a great wrestler, but also was making the best of his time with all of his peers, being away from his family. You know, wasn't a hard drinker, drug guy, any of that. He was just there doing a job, and it it sucks. Again, it's one of my favorite wrestlers, and one of the very first heels that I was like, God damn, give him the championship. Why not? And speaking of, you know, he's a former New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He is also a former Stampede Wrestling Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Champion, as well as a Tag Team Champion and Hall of Famer in the Stampede Wrestling. But of course, he's a one-time European Champion, two-time Intercontinental Champion, and a four-time Tag Team Champion. Two with Bulldog, one with Jarrett, and one with Yokozuna. And how can we forget... My God, he won the 1994 King of the Ring, becoming the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Phenomenal career for what very uh, short that it was. Solid only 10 years in the WWE. And could you imagine if he had been there longer? Just, again, you know, one of my favorite things to always do is give you the professor's match of the week for a newbie to Owen Hart. You want to see him in true heel form. You want to see him fighting against his brother. Even though he doesn't win this watch, this one as he did in the WrestleMania 10 match. 1994 SummerSlam. The steel cage match between Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Easily going to be, again, one of my favorite matches of Owens of all time. But top three cage, definitely. Anything you want to leave everybody with Owen Hart? I mean, you said it. It's uh, what could have been. You know, it's unfortunate because they had him in that blue blazer gimmick before he passed. And I think it was an unfortunate sign, uh, you know, to come of what was in store for him. Maybe it would have been different with all that new talent coming in because he certainly could have put on good matches. But, yeah, total, total waste of ability. He, He should have been a world champ at some point. Well, and even more so, I mean, shit, we're going to talk about it when we, you know, start hitting up to the next couple of uh, pay-per-views and everything here. But I'm sorry, why did he not, like, go one-on-one with Michaels for, like, three, four months of a feud before you had uh, him drop the title to Austin? It was the perfect segue from the Hart Foundation. But instead, you had Owen end up feuding with Triple H in China. But that's because Michaels was a son of a bitch. Here's a good one for you. Just saw this the other day. Made me giggle. Perfect transition into the Monday Night Wars. It's a It was a meme of Shawn Michaels and Triple H talking to CM Punk in like 2009. He goes, we're a lot like you. We don't drink. We don't do drugs. And Punk lifts up the mic and goes, hm, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. I, I, yeah, yeah that, that's... Uh, all right, Monday Night Wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God! 
Those are uh, local. Lead Generation X invades WCW tonight. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day. We got you work for ya. Who do I think I am? Who the hell do you think you are? You won't think I owe you a apology Whoa. i don't owe you a thing i'm sick and tired of trying to please everybody else around here and the stops right here wow. Wow. well i'm showing mcmahon plenty of respect this could get very very ugly in a hurry now my brother brett and nightheart and Bulldog, they did what they had to do. And now it's time for me to do what I have to do. And that is remain right here in the World Wrestling Federation. Now I spent nine years breaking my back day after day to earn a reputation in this company. And nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to run me out of this company. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. How stupid are you? Is that what you think this is about? You think I give a damn about a worthless title, a piece of leather with tin on it? This is real life, Vince. This is real life. My life. My, my respect. My dignity. And McMahon... Don't you get me wrong, I'm not asking you, I am telling you exactly what I am going to do. And that is, and that is make Shawn Michaels' life a living hell. Rock, you're the biggest piece of trash I ever saw. It hurts me to do this, but I really don't give a damn about you or the WWF, so I'll see you a little bit later. Oh my. No! There goes the belt! And that's the bottom line because the 316 sets up. I said it last week. I am not a nugget. Okay, here we go, man. Let's start talking about Raw Nitro from 1997 on December 15th. Do I have the date right there, ODM? Am I right? We're good. Okay. You're good. You okay. nailed it. Things are a little bit different today, folks. You guys are going to hear my voice uh, touch more than you normally do because, yeah, you know. Slacker. Oh, I'm going to carry your weight. <laughs> Raw opens up with Michael Cole interviewing The Undertaker and letting us know that Shawn Michaels is going to defend his WWF championship against The Undertaker in a casket match at Royal Rumble. God, I feel like that's going to really do a number on Sean's back. Yeah, probably. Up next, we get Taka Michinoku defeating Jerry Lawler. Obviously not for the light heavyweight championship, but really just to continue their feud with uh, Brian Christopher. Really, at the end of the day, that's look at 
I, I do not give you the amount of details that ODM does, the amount of care. I just give you the fucking meat and potatoes and call it a day. That's I think Tonight, it's good we, for this week. I appreciate that. We are going to get LOD versus DX tonight, which will be a pretty big thing. You know, you got both Shawn Michaels and Hunter teaming together pretty much for the first time. It, well, it, since being DX at this time. Right. And, well, here we go. We're going to be talking about up next uh, Austin. You know, we, last week he did forfeit the Intercontinental Championship to The Rock. And Farouk, The Nation, The Rock, they're all out there. Every time Farouk goes to talk, The Rock cuts him off. We are getting the little glimpse here and there as to what's going to be happening. And Austin does come through out the curtain and and lets uh, Austin, or I'm sorry, lets Rock know, you know, of course, he is a piece of trash. And he's going to let him know later on tonight what's really going to happen to his Intercontinental Championship. Up next, we get Dude Love. He will be taking on the Road Dog, and Dude Love does get the win um, after a little bit of distraction with Billy Gunn kind of missed times. Mark Henry, do you remember him? Yeah, forgot he was still there. Yeah, well, we saw him, what, at like Survivor Series, or I'm sorry, SummerSlam 96, getting he involved was... in the Jake the Snake, uh, Jerry Lawler feud, and I don't think I've seen him since. He was in the crowd at the DX in your house because he was hanging out with the Milton Bradley uh, executives. Of course he was. <laughs> so... He had a hard-hitting match that lasted two minutes and three seconds, winning with bear hug against none other than Brooklyn Brawler. <sighs> but the good news is that up next, we get the interview that I posted in the sound right before this. Owen is finally interviewed by Vince. And, man, Owen gets in right in his face and really just... Saying this is the first time. This is real life. This is enough. Is enough. And, and not a nugget. Damn it! <laughs> like we just talked about this like three, four minutes ago. Yep. Could have been your best turn, your biggest money maker. Do you have any idea how many people would have gotten behind Owen? Stupid set of shades and a goatee, and I'm like, yeah, it's a world champ right there in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, you could almost argue that the Mr. McMahon heel character could have been more impactful with Owen than it was with Austin. <sighs> I, I, okay, I can, I can agree to that. I mean, I mean, it's hard to, it's easy, you know, it, it, nobody's going to beat Austin McMahon, but, you know, it's just one of those things that it seems like the potential was there. It could have rivaled the heights of the Austin McMahon feud. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it would have been better, but uh, again, the potential was there to be something big. It, you know, that really could have kicked off the McMahon heel era more than anything. Well, up next, speaking of 1996, nope, not 97, 1996, the Sultan is here. Why the fuck is he even still here? I, I didn't know he was still there. He takes on Tom Brandy. That's right, formerly Salvatore Sincere, because last week, Mark Merrow stripped him down to nothing and was like, you're Tom Brandy. And that was the match. Sultan beat Tom Brandy. Okay, great stuff, good stuff. 
but the biggest part of the night is what closed out Raw. The Rock is just waiting. He wants his Intercontinental Championship. Like you said last week, ODM, he reversed the roles. Steve Austin, right? The guy who's the champion hasn't been holding the title because someone stole it. Well, now that The Rock is the champion, Austin stole it in reverse. Except this is the last time that we are ever going to see, well, probably till at least 2011 or 12, the classic <laughs> Intercontinental Championship belt. Mm-hmm. Because to close out Raw, Austin says, if you want it, Go get it right here. Throws this bitch right into the river. And there goes that icy title. Look, we all know the new uh, design that comes around afterwards. I got used to it, but never, ever, ever on board. I have always been the OG Intercontinental Champ. Well, no, the OG would be the one that Pat Patterson happened and all those little boys. And so, no, what I'm trying to say is that there, I, I, I think the one that Brett held was the one. Okay, that's the one. All right, let's talk about WCW before I get too weird here. Okay, we are in what we like to call Flair Country. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Opening up, we get Ray Trailer. Versus Vincent. So, if you've been to WWF, that's Big Boss Man versus Virgil. God damn. Great trailer wins. It's just, God, it's just one of those things. It's like when you start watching WCW, the longer it goes, you're like, this is some regurgitated bullshit at the end of the day. Disco Inferno. He defends his TV title against Yuji Nagata and ends up retaining... No one knows why. Because no one... Anyway. Disco dung Up pile. next, we do get <laughs> Dean Malenko against Fit Finley. Now, this match was actually really entertaining to watch because it was just, man, two different styles, but two very respected talents going at it in the ring. And while you had Eddie Guerrero on commentary the whole time, so uh, he does that is like the th- like second or third week in a row he's been third, on commentary think, yeah. for a Dean Malenko match. Um, up next we get Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrera taking on La Parca and Psychosis. If you're like, well, where is this going? That's what we wanted to know. But it was a filler. <laughs> it was what you like to call a luchador tag team match. And here we are in hour number two: Tony Schiavone, Mike Tenay, and Bobby Heenan. I would like to say that this show has some promising moments, but it kind of unfortunately doesn't have a whole lot of them. We are just building right now to Starcade 1997. The effort being put in by Eric Bischoff is ridiculous Mm -hmm. because he doesn't understand or believe in television ratings or at least, I don't know, whatever you want to call it because... He, he, I feel like he phoned. Would you agree that he phoned it in in the last couple of weeks heading into Starcade? Pretty much. I mean, the matches that you're having here for no reason. Scott Hall versus Chris Jericho. You're supposed to be dealing with Zabisco, Hall, Bischoff. The next match after that, Steve McMichael 
Yep, Mongo taking on Ming. I mean, yeah, Ming won, thank God. But my, my point is, is like you're just throwing things together. How are you trying to sell a pay-per-view? Even your tag team championship match. You have the Steiner brothers defending and retaining against Conan and Scott Norton. All right, which two NWO members can we put together tonight to become a tag team against the Steiners? I'm not happy with where they're going with this. It's, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the biggest things that we will see, though, hour number three, that's where they put their heavier focus. You have Chris Benoit defeating Scotty Riggs. And this is important because we're trying to gear towards Chris Benoit and Raven. We're still pushing it along, trying to get towards Starcade. Lex Luger, of course, defeated Buff Bagwell. And in our main event match, you had your U.S. champion, Kurt Hennig, taking on Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Mama says he was like Rod and Space Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Your mama sure does care about your education, boy. (laughs) Okay, I have an issue with that movie. They treat him like he's a fucking idiot the whole movie, but at that exact moment, he knew his mom was getting fucked and turned to the principal and was like, (laughs) it just bothers me. Anyway, Kurt uh, retains over Ric Flair. We are gearing towards now Kurt Hennig taking on DDP for the U.S. Championship at Starcade. I will say, on paper, Starcade 97... Mwah. It looks like a beautiful meatball of sub. <laughs> but then when you eat it, it's like pastrami on lettuce. Okay. I was going to say it's like falling asleep during the main event of a pay-per-view with CM Punk, but... Been there, done that. All right, <laughs> let's go to our movie of the week. was the relate to the uh meatball sub <laughs> i got it i oh there it is yeah my wife loved you more than me that night all right <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest if i had that sub any earlier i'd have fallen asleep then <laughs> all right look at man i know that last week you gave it away with our leaving you with five words but i gotta say I took the time to watch this week's movie of the week. I know you're like, I'm not watching Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan. Look at Hulk Hogan had a string of some weird movies that came out within about like a two to three year span. No holes barred, Mr. Nanny and Suburban Commando. Uh, Swap the last two. Nanny was the last. This movie has Christopher Lloyd. Shelley Duvall, as you remember from The Shining. Mm-hmm. Mark Calloway, who for like 30 plus years played the character as The Undertaker in WWE. <laughs> Look at the movie is about, well, Hulk Hogan's character coming 
to Earth. I I hate Earthlings. And he, him and his spaceship land in America, and he just happens to befriend Christopher Lloyd and his wife Shelley Duvall and their two kids. All the while trying to fix his ship and save the universe. I'm sorry, what the fuck is your issue with this movie? I'm missing it. <laughs> you just fucking basically described <laughs> the plot to like E.T. and Earth Girls are easy mixed into one. Is that the one with Ellen Barkin? It was Gina Davis. I don't remember the other oh, two. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about another easy girl. So, I look at man. This movie, like I said, you have the debut acting role. Of Undertaker. I don't think in this exact moment, when this movie came out, I don't think he was fully blown even like a character in WWE. If it was, it was like a year after, but it was just my favorite part of the movie. I don't care. Is Hogan is fighting this, the two guys, and one of them is Undertaker. The other one is this other bounty hunter. They're they're bounty hunters who keep coming after him. Undertaker has a giant toilet stuck on his head, and as he breaks it apart, he looks at Hulk Hogan and goes, You're a dead man, Ramsey. And he goes, No wonder you guys don't talk. Look at you don't find humor in that, you don't have a goddamn heart. I think it's a great movie. Family friendly. Action. Uh well star-studded cast could be an Oscar nominee and the best line of the movie hey kid tell your mom to go home and practice some more (laughs) you hate it you hate it I am trying to keep the wrestling theme going here of movies that have at least wrestlers or something about some wrestling they had fucking Undertaker and Hulk Hogan in a movie. How do you not discuss it on the top of wrestling? That is a top movie. You have Goodfellas, Shawshank Redemption, Suburban Commando. You must be out your goddamn mind. <laughs> it's good and terrible. That movie's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's my reverend. I love him very much. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, if that's where we're going to go, we're going to bark like a dog, and we're getting out of here. Thank you so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We're back next Wednesday, as always. Next week, not only are we going to be talking about your 25 years later of Monday Night Wars, we're going to be talking about the best and worst holiday moments in wrestling. So, you know, you got Austin stunning a Santa. You got like 47 probably holiday food fights that they've done because that's pretty much what they just do nowadays. Not Austin stunning somebody while dressed as Santa as well. Ooh. He's done both. He stuns you. In... All right, here we go. Thanks so much for listening to our show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. ODM, as you know, the best he can do this week is leave you with five words. Oh, 
Barry Windham almost died. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, The Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. What the fuck? What the fuck? How the fuck you like that? The we forgot. How the fuck you like that? Are you kidding we, me? We forgot to talk about it in the news. I figured I'd bring it up. <laughs> oh fuck! Barry Windham died. Well, I wanted to do it different, but I only got five words. That's the best I could do. <laughs> All right, that was phenomenal. Great oh. end. Oh, oh, and other news. Uh, Barry Windham almost died. Good night, folks. <laughs> Good night, folks. Before I even get started the air day, I was going to text you something so random. I was going to be like, once you hit that pop or don't preach, I tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest guy in the place is bitching about what Madonna's music is like. <laughs> nah, that was before True Blue. <laughs>